listening to Miller and Moulton, exclusively on the Florida Sports Network. And now, here's Mark Miller and David Moulton. And just like that, it's the third and final hour along the network on this final Monday of January. Thanks for being with us, Miller and Moulton, Florida Sports Network, floridasportsnetwork.com. Our poll question, Dan Campbell went for it all year. You agree with him passing up the field goals to go for it on fourth down yesterday? So far, nearly three quarters of you are going, yeah, I don't care about all year. It's the playoffs. No, you kick the damn field goal. We should be playing the Chiefs. That Mark Miller, the David Moulton, floridasportsnetwork.com. Vote accordingly. Soren Petro covers the Chiefs. Sports Radio 810 in Kansas City. Follow him on Twix, Twitter slash X at Soren Petro, S-O-R-E-N Petro. Soren, it's David and Mark. We figure, you know, we used to bother you for AFC championship games and during the season, but since you guys are the new title town, we just wait until the, the end of the year, if that's okay. Yeah, I, I listen, uh, you're, you're smarter than me because I didn't think I'd be sitting here talking to you today based upon how the season went. Well, talk about yesterday's defensive performance. I mean, it was a interesting, interestingly called game from Baltimore's standpoint, but the Chiefs' defense, which has been great all year, was even better yesterday. Yeah, and I think uh, maybe one of the things that, you know, from watching the grind of the, of the season, and when I said I didn't think we'd be here, is because of the play of the offense and not the defense. You're absolutely right. The defense number two in the NFL and points allowed. And if you go back and look, it, it could have been a lot better, right? That, that's based on all the points that were given up. And in the Raider game, the, uh, the Chiefs got cute and fumbled, I think, at about their own 20 and gave up a short field for a touchdown. And Patrick Mahomes threw a pick six. And the, and the Lions opener, uh, Kadarius Toney had one go off his hands for a pick six. He had another one that he dropped four or five balls that were thrown his way that day. He had another game later in the year where he gave up a pick six. There were a lot of points that were allowed by the Kansas City Chiefs that weren't allowed by the defensive side of the ball. They were allowed by the offense or the offense setting up a short field or some scores late in losses that went for the other team because the defense just basically ended up being out on the field all day because the offense couldn't stay on the field. So you're absolutely right, 100% correct. And, and really, as good as the numbers look, when you go back and look game by game by game, and every team has this, right? I'm not saying the Chiefs are the only team that have given up points uh, on their offense, but they have a lot of it, a lot of those mistakes. They were really a sloppy football team throughout the year on offense, and, and, I, and it cost the defense statistically. So coming in, uh, they, they were very good, but they were actually even better than what the numbers would tell you. What surprised you the most about yesterday? Uh, a lack of sloppiness, right? Uh, and you still saw it. Like one of the things that happens every game, two or three times a game, is Creed Humphrey rolling the football back to Patrick Mahomes. For whatever reason, just snapping the football in the shotgun has become a real problem. I mean, he's tremendous once he gets the football out of his hands. The blocking part, he's great. But the, and I assume the, the, the blind calls, he's great at as well. But, but the snapping is, is not good. And that's gone on all year. Penalties. Uh, they cut down on the penalties. Uh, Juwan Taylor is the most penalized player in the NFL. He had one. And if you go back and look at it, he was beaten on the play, but I don't even know that he should have been called for, for holding on the play. So, you know, holding penalties, turnovers, bad turnovers, you know, bad decisions, even against Buffalo. 
McCole Hartman fumbled the ball out of the end zone uh, when he was going in for a touchdown because he reached out for it and it got knocked out of his hand the same way uh, it happened to Zay Flowers. When they stopped a fake punt by Buffalo, they only had 10 guys on the field. They didn't even get everybody out on the field. So they had been a really sloppy team, particularly on special teams and on the offense uh, throughout the year, really only on special teams in the offense. The defense had been great all year, and, and those things had cost them many times. Like I said, you know, there are two games that Canarius Tony. Uh, was really responsible uh, for them losing, right? You can put two wins on the board if he just doesn't show up to the stadium. Uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling dropped a, a ball that was right in his hands uh, against the Philadelphia Eagles on the Monday night game. That would have given them a lead with 30 seconds to go uh, in the game. So, you know, they, they constantly shot themselves in the foot. And long about the Cincinnati game, week 14, week 15, uh, they started to clean those things up, simplify some things on offense, and they've gotten a lot better. But even even since the Buffalo game, where, like I said, they, they were still a very sloppy team. This one uh, it was about as clean a football game as they played, and, and it's something that they needed to beat the Ravens. And it didn't hurt that Travis Kelsey maybe had his best game of the season, certainly his best one in several months, and uh, at the perfect time. Yeah, and I, and I think that's a, a combination of things. One, you know, he was hurt right before the season. He missed the Lions game because he had a hyperextended knee. I don't know how long. Uh, maybe that was carrying over and affecting him. He got to get to the end of the year, and he sat out. I think it's a an important note, you know, he was 16 yards away from his eighth consecutive 1,000-yard season. No, no tight end in history had ever had more than three consecutive ones. So, yes, he had the record. He was way out in front of everybody. But you know, that's, that's a, quite a milestone there, 16 yards. And he said, no, I'm not playing the last game. And, you know, they, they left it up to him because they gave Chris Jones a chance to play uh, into the second half to try to get his uh, tenth sack, which, which gave him a million and a quarter bucks uh, in that last game. So, you know, they probably went to Travis Kelsey and said the same thing. Do you want to go for a half? If you can get it in a half, we'll, we'll give you a chance to, to keep that going. And, and Kelsey said, no, what's best is to get the rest. So, you know, he had a couple of weeks off going into that first playoff game, and I think it's really helped him. He's, he's played some of his best football. That and the combination of Rushy Rice emerging as a real threat has forced defenses to have someone else that they have to account for. Soren Petro, Sports Radio 810 in Kansas City. Follow him on Twix, Twitter slash X at Soren Petro, S O R E N Petro. Hey, you know, first between, you know, dating Taylor Swift and then also because between the quarterback and the tight end, they're seemingly in every commercial that we see. And the Chiefs have done a lot of winning now. There's been a little Chiefs fatigue. Uh, we're, we're tired of the Chiefs, anybody but the Chiefs. And it seems as if from afar, Seren, that the Chiefs picked up on it because the Chiefs have always been the nice guys. You know, and late in the season and in the playoffs, whether it's having to go on the road, whether it's being underdogs, whether it's just the negative vibe they're sensing, the Chiefs seem to have adopted an attitude which, over the last five, six years, I don't remember them having. Is that, a, well, from a standpoint of the, the bad guys, I mean, this is something I know on my show we talked about, you know, going back to 2018 when they really emerged with Patrick Mahomes and his 5,000-yard, 50-touchdown season. I said, listen, enjoy being everybody's darling because this kid's not going anywhere you're going to win a lot of football games, but if you think everybody's going to pick you, I, I said it's, it's going to go from, 
you know, everybody wanting to pick the Chiefs, and they're the new flavor to everyone being tired of the Chiefs, and every analyst you see nationally is going to start to come up with the reasons why the Chiefs aren't going to win. They're, they're going to give you the reason because it's not fun. It's not cool to just go with, I'm going with the chalk. I'm going with the team that always wins. I go, there will be fatigue, the same way you put it. And I think it's just natural. And, you know, there are even Patriot fans. I saw one of the things that was going around amongst all the Chiefs fans were different little, you know, Instagram posts from Patriots fans saying the Chiefs are the Patriots. And they are. I mean, they're they're a team that's playing for. A lot of people say we well, got to win three to be a dynasty. Okay. Well, this is they're playing for. You know, their chance to be a dynasty. And I think it does get old. And I and I get it. If you're a fan of another team, watching one team have all the success gets boring, if not frustrating. Right. So uh, I totally get it. Then throw in, you know, you're running around. You've got your star tight end running around with the the biggest star on the planet. Like, how much do we need to see? How many commercials do we need to see? I'll say this. They do relish it. I think Travis Kelsey relishes it. I think Patrick Mahomes, I think he's always a a humble, uh, understated guy for how good he is. Uh, You know, I mean, he he always seemingly says the right thing. The first time we had anything to question whether or not he did something right, uh, you know, in my opinion, was when he lost his cool in the game on the sideline and was trying to yell at the ref and everything like that. That's the only thing you could question, and a lot of people – Still loved it. They thought, hey, he's the one guy he's trying to fire up his team. He's as mad at his receivers for dropping everything as he is the refs, but he's going to take it out in the right way by yelling at the refs. You know, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I get that, uh, you know, mindset of we, we've seen this, enough of this, and they do embrace it. And I think Patrick Mahomes really embraced the, you know, well, he's never won on the road. You know, I know Scott Van Pelt, that was a big one on ESPN, and, and he always said, and, and I believe him, I don't know that it's true of, of other people, that, hey, listen, I just want to see it. And I think when you haven't checked the box, you want to prove it. Now, first of all, give Patrick Mahomes anything uh, to prove, and he's going to go out and do it. I think the fact that Lamar Jackson was you know, probably going to be getting a, another MVP, that he went out there with a mission to prove you know, I'm the best. I remember when they played Baltimore back in 2019 after he'd had a season, and he was ranked the fourth best player in the NFL by the players, by his peers, and Lamar Jackson was number one. And that game, it was a Sunday or Monday night, when he got the Ravens down and looked, it was clear that the Chiefs were going to win. At one time, he looks down at his hands, knowing full well that the camera's always on him, and counts out one, two, three, four, and then just kind of shakes his head and was basically saying, okay, I'm fourth. You know, I mean, there is a competitive nature the likes of Michael Jordan. When you tell somebody, hey, you, you tell him you haven't won on the road, and that was a lot of the questions going into the game in Buffalo, he makes a point of it. And it was the first time he's had a chance to check that box. And, like, he checked 5,000 yards, 50 touchdowns, MVP. Uh, in his first year, checked Super Bowl champion in his second year. He, he checked that box as quick as he could. Well, and I think you know the first thing you said, Zoran, was talking about the not playing sloppy. Throughout that game, Baltimore made a lot of mistakes with penalties, and the Chiefs played an edgy game. I mean, it was edgy from the warm-ups. I mean, with the kickers getting at one another. This game had an edge to it, and the Chiefs maintained their discipline throughout. Yeah, they did. And, and again, that has been a really big problem. And I think it got Baltimore off its game. And it allowed the Chiefs to take the football away. And that's something as good as they've played on defense. They've only had five takeaways in the last ten games coming into that game against Baltimore. And so they had not taken the football away. They just played good, sound defense. And I think Baltimore got rattled. I think they knew. 
Baltimore was going to try to be the tougher team and be physical and, and try to intimidate the Chiefs, and so they were ready for it. And you know, I think the coaching staff knew, listen, this is what's going to happen, and let's set the tone from the get-go. And, you know, they've, they've sat down. A lot of the guys that have been their problems, Kadarius Tony is nowhere to be found with a mystery injury because of all his stuff. Sky Moore, who dropped a lot of footballs early, doesn't get on the game. He, too, is listed as injured, although everyone's kind of curious as to is he really injured. You know, they, they, they have done the things that they needed to do to play better football. It's really like for three quarters of the season, they did everything they could to try to be the team they wanted to be. And along about that Bengals game, they shifted gears and said, okay, this is the team we are, and we have to embrace it. And that is by playing good defense. Our defense is going to be there. Let's not put them in bad situations. You know, a punt isn't the worst thing in the world. A field goal isn't the end of the world compared to a touchdown. Let's stop trying to be the greatest, you know, you know offensive show in the league, and let's focus on our strengths. And I think one of their strengths coming into this game was experience and poise. And uh, they knew the Ravens maybe didn't have the experience, and maybe they could cost them their poise. And I, and I think they got in their head, clearly. Seren Petro, Sports Radio 810 in Kansas City. He's headed to Miami, Tampa, and Phoenix for past Super Bowls. He'll have to tough it out and go to Vegas this time. Seren, all the best to you and the family. Safe travels. Thank you very much. Always great being with you. Seren Petro, kind enough to join us once again here on Miller & Moulton. Tough gig next week. <laughs> Sports radio. You know, middle of the day in Vegas. Man, don't know how he's going to do it. Welcome back to Miller and Moulton, only on the Florida Sports Network. 21 minutes past the hour. San Francisco, Kansas City, a rematch from four years ago in the Miami Super Bowl. That's what we've got. Two weeks of hype. Hey, I don't know if you're aware, but the tight end of the Chiefs is dating Taylor Swift. I heard that. that. Is that public knowledge? I heard that. And um, the quarterback of the Chiefs and the tight end for the Chiefs you know, they've become, you know, Madison Avenue darlings. You're starting to see more commercials. Of that. I don't want to say they have a lot of commercials, Mark, but Peyton Manning has said, what is up with all the Mahomes commercials? I mean, that's how many commercials he has. I'm just saying. Our poll question, Dan Campbell, come on now. We love him. We still love him, right? Yes. Come on, he said it all year. I mean, were we not listening? He said, uh, I'm going to go for it on fourth down. That, that's that's my thing. That's our thing. That's, that's how we're playing. It's how we're going to do this. Josh Reynolds so, catches those two balls. We're all spending today going, there he is, Dan Campbell. I think he even catches one of them, I would contend. And so our poll questions about biting kneecaps Dan Campbell. He coached the game the way he had coached uh, all the others this year. Did you agree with his decisions, or did you go, uh, Dan, this is the NFC Championship game. We've been trying to tell you all year, you, you know, th- this is cute, this is fun, but there's going to come a time where you got to, you know, look at the scoreboard, man. Just do the math. So uh, that, that's where I am. 
Uh, that's where Mark was. Uh, Trent, eh, you know, loyal. You know, <laughs> I can easily live with his decision because I knew what he was going to do. And that's kind of where I am. I would have kicked it, but I, I never once gave it any thought. When right. I'm watching the Lions play, and David, I know you're always doing the game like a color analyst. That's how you watch football. You're looking at the next play, and, and that's – and if you're Olsen in that spot – you're not really ever given the opportunity to say, well, I would have kicked, you know, I'd be planning on kicking it here because you know that Dan Campbell's going for it. He had the opportunity. I mean, it, it takes two seconds. You know, he could say, well, listen, that play, which he did, that play call tells me they're going for it on fourth. I would kick. Okay. But this is how he's coached all year. The play call on third down was an indicator. They're going for it on fourth. Here we go. But I think it's your job as an analyst. You've you've got to offer up, you know, I wouldn't do this. Or I would do it. I like it. So, to me, passing up the tying field goal with 7.32 to go was egregious. Now, there are more people, I'm getting the sense, that actually agreed more with his second go for it than his first. Because by then, the Niners had scored four possessions in a row. And the thought was, well, yeah, yeah, probably should go for it here. It's probably their best chance to win the game. Okay. I think seven and a half minutes ago, the guys makes 80% of the kicks that you're about to send them out to kick. Just send them out to kick. You don't convert fourth and three 80% of the time. So send the damn kicker out. You know, we're going to play this analytics game. I'll play the analytics game with you. You know, what are you more likely to convert? Fourth and three or a 48-yard field goal? 48-yard field goal. So, but we know what he did. We know how it turned out. The Niners are in the Super Bowl, where they're a one-point favorite. They opened at two and a half. It was two in like 13 seconds. And when you woke up this morning, it was one. I actually think there's a chance the Chiefs could be a one-point favorite by the time we kick this game off. This is going to be like back in the day, Mark, when Elway and Phil Simms were in the Super Bowl. And Elway, you know, he had just done the drive against Cleveland. And, you know, they just, and so all the and, – and Phil Simms was just like, hum dee dum dee dum dee dum you know, I mean, think about the the difference at quarterback. Patrick Mahomes, people are saying that he's the greatest quarterback of all time. People are saying that. They're like, listen, Brady's got a better resume. But if I had to start a franchise, I'd start it with Mahomes. Give me all the players in the history of the league to start a franchise. I'll pick him. You can have anybody else you want, number two. Thought it was, you know, it was very telling yesterday as you're watching Lamar Jackson, who's going to win his second MVP. Yep. Even before the game started. Not not after the game when Lamar played poorly. Before the game started, one quarterback's going to be a two, second MVP, and there's not anybody in the league that would take him before the other quarterback. And Romo's big on legacies. He talks about it all the time. I don't know how many of you remember the Chiefs-Bucks Super Bowl. Okay, Romo's big storyline is the game is kicking off. Mahomes has to win this game if he's going to be considered the greatest quarterback of all time. 
didn't realize we were having that discussion right now, but okay. I mean, so Romo's big on legacy. So he he was talking about it yesterday also during the game. But Dan Campbell is saving Lamar Jackson and the Ravens a lot of flack today. Now, maybe not tomorrow and the days after, but this is a very Peyton Manning-like start to Lamar Jackson's career. I mean, Lamar's in his mid-20s. What's he, 26? Yes. And he's going to have two MVPs. I mean, Peyton had the MVP thing going early, too. Couldn't get by who? Mm-hmm. TB12 and the Patriots. Took him a while. Took him to, like, year eight, you know, turning 30 when Peyton finally got by Brady and the Patriots on the way to winning the Super Bowl. And it was funny, as we were going into the game yesterday, David, you know, so much has been made about Mahomes versus Allen, Mahomes versus Allen, that that's the next Brady versus Manning. And I'm going into the game yesterday going, no, it's these two. It's Jackson and Mahomes. This is the chance, you know, Allen's got to win a few more to be put in that category. And I thought that was really the opportunity for Lamar yesterday. And I I do think, you know, Romo was on to something. For his legacy, he was... He was two games away from being in the Hall of Fame. I'm telling you, two MVPs in a ring. At 26. Right. But it is a very Peyton Manning-like start to the career. You know, Peyton and the Colts made the playoffs a couple times. He played badly. They lost a playoff game to the Jets like 41-0. Like his fourth year in the league. Then the next two years, they start to win some playoff games, but they lose to New England. Once in the AFC Championship, once in the divisional round. And it wasn't until his, I think, ninth year in the league. I think Peyton's 30, in which, you know, and he's got those MVPs and what have you. And it's like, yeah, win the big one, dude. Okay. So... I wouldn't give up on Lamar just yet, but this is a very similar start to the career. Two and four playoff record. How many times are we going to hear that over the next seven to 11 months? Because, Mark, that's the other thing. You know, it's it's brutal for Josh Allen and the Bills, for Dak and the Cowboys, for Lamar and the Ravens. I mean, you could be phenomenal in October and November of 2024. Who the hell's going to care? The running backs had six carries yesterday for the Baltimore Ravens. Thank you. Six carries for the game. Lamar had a total of eight. Most of those were on scrambles. There weren't a lot of design runs for Lamar. Yeah, I didn't understand it. Just because, you know, I thought Troy Aikman had a really good line in the divisional round, Baltimore-Houston, in which he said, yeah, just because they line up eight in the box, and then he stopped and said, you know, if we didn't run Emmett every time there was eight in the box, he wouldn't be the all-time leading rusher. I mean, just because the Chiefs said to the Ravens, you know, hey, we're going to try to take away the run, that doesn't mean Baltimore should have said, yeah, all right, good luck trying. Welcome back to Miller and Moulton, only on the Florida Sports Network. 
22 minutes before the top of the hour. The Diamond District bonus hour awaits in the 239 at the top of the hour. Our poll question, Dan Campbell coached the NFC Championship the way he coached all year. Do you agree with his decisions to bypass the field goals and go for it on fourth down? Yay or nay so far? Between 70-75% of you not agreeing with how Dan Campbell handled the NFC Championship game. That Mark Miller, the David Moulton on Twitter, FloridaSportsNetwork.com. Vote accordingly. Vinny Serrato, kind enough to join us once again, longtime NFL executive, working these days, 105.7 The Fan in Baltimore. Vinny, it's David and Mark. Thanks for your time. How are you? I'm doing fine. Uh, the, the callers won't be doing fine today. Uh, no, they will not. Your, your week is done, that's for sure. Hey, when was the first time during the game yesterday that you said, what the heck's going on here? Um, probably that first series when they kept, uh, when Mahomes completed every ball and they went right down the field and scored and the Ravens went three and out. Um, that's that's kind of had me, I, I was like, that was way too easy, you know, and that's not the same defense I saw the week before against Houston. What did Andy Reid and the Chiefs do in your estimation to make it look that easy? I mean, obviously they ended up with 17, but the first half they were incredibly efficient. What did they do in your estimation to make themselves look that good? I thought they were more physical up front than the Ravens, number one. And then number two, Mahomes completed balls, and Kelsey was unbelievable. I mean, any contested catch they won. You know, the, the one in the end zone, great play. Great play. And they made all the great plays to start with. Ravens tried to blitz. They threw it, you know, they threw it right where they were. So, and then they weren't getting pressure on Mahomes. So that, that was offensively. Well, well, nine minutes, the first half, nine. I thought the Chiefs punked them a little bit. I thought the Chiefs punched the bully in the mouth and said, yeah, things are going to be different today. And it took Baltimore like two hours to recover. Did you see and feel it the same way? I I thought, yes. I, I just thought that they were the more physical team. I'm like, because I thought all the matchups favored the Ravens. From watching I did film too. And, stuff, and they were knocking them off the ball. And I'm like, no, it's supposed to be the other way around. Um, I thought Kyle Hamilton and Roquan Smith, they showed up. And, and they played physical. But the second half, I thought the Ravens' defense played extremely well. It was the off, the turnover. I mean, even as bad as it was the first half, if um, Zay Flowers scores that touchdown, you know, I mean, we got a tie game. And the other side of it was the penalties. Vinny, this is something Baltimore was – it was it was a sore spot for them during the regular season, and obviously it killed them yesterday. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. I mean, in, at the beginning of the year, what did we have? We had a, you know, Lamar had turnovers at the beginning of the year. Same thing, you know, in this game. And the turnovers, yeah, they were dumb penalties, like stupid. Like Van Noy's penalty, come on. Can't, can't do that kind of stuff. You got to play more discipline. I thought they, they, they were frustration penalties. Vinny Serrato, 105.7 The Fan in Baltimore, kind enough to join us. Um, listen. We love Todd Munkin. Uh, we admired him at Georgia. Loved the play calling there with Stetson Bennett. Loved his play calling this year. Six carries by running backs. I mean, Vinny, 
so what the Chiefs were loading the box? They're the Ravens. Yep. Run it. Yeah, I think the other thing that kind of dis- – I thought Lamar would run it more, I, you know, and take off and run like Josh Allen did the week before. And he didn't really pressure them that way. Yeah, and six carries, that was uh, that was definitely not enough. But, I mean, they, they were making too many mistakes in the first half. You know, Lamar was, Lamar was like jittery. I hadn't seen that Lamar since the beginning of the season. Um, you know, and he was throwing – he wasn't completing balls. I mean, let's face it, what they have fifty yards at the half? I mean, he had a bad game. He had a bad game. And I think uh he got somewhat rattled. I don't know if he was, you know, felt pressured that uh, you know, he needed to show everybody that he could throw it, but it just didn't look like the calm, cool, having fun Lamar. Well, you're right, because they blitzed him a lot and he looked rattled throughout that whole game and you know, Vinny, now what? Because as you look ahead, this team was so well-built, they destroyed everybody in their path for most of the regular season. They beat all of these playoff teams. So is this just send it back out the same way? Well, they're going to have, uh, you know, Matabike is a free agent, so he's going to get paid a lot. Patrick Queen's a free agent. What are you going to do there? You know, Ronnie Stanley. Um, big number, not that good of production. What are you doing there? Morgan Moses, you know, some of the more veteran guys. I'm guessing the wide receiver core, you know, Aguilero's on a one-year deal. Beckham's on a one-year deal. So uh, those are a lot of questions that, you know, after the season happens, um, there's a lot of questions that are going to need to be answered. They've got to, um, you know, they've got two running backs, J.K. Dobbins coming off the knee and an Achilles, and then Keaton Mitchell, he won't be ready to start the season, so they're going to have to find, you know, a running back, too, that gives them some burst and explosiveness. Do you think any of the key guys are going to take, quote-unquote, home-down discounts because they're so no. close? No. I don't think so. I mean, Matabike had never been paid. He wants to be paid. Queen, right. he wants to be paid. You know, I, I don't – Matabike may be, you know, a franchise tag. I don't. I think Queen will probably be gone. That's why they drafted Simpson, the kid out of Clemson. Um, so that it's there's going to be some turnover. And is Marcus Williams going to be back? I mean, they paid him a bunch, and he's been hurt both years. So there's going to be some interesting questions that uh, Eric DaCosta is going to have to uh, going to have to handle. You know, come uh, what over the next few months. When you look at Moncton's job yesterday, how would you rate what he did to, to call the offense? Because it was, uh, you know, we talked about the runs, but when you look back, was this on Moncton? Is it on Jackson? Where do you put, where would you throw the blame today? I would probably put it on everybody because I didn't think any of them. I, you know, I didn't think the line blocked well. I didn't think Justice Hill picking up protections, you know, did well. I mean, he, he was bad there. Uh, we had Aguilar drop the ball on the first series, which would have given him a first down. He overthrew balls. Zay Flowers fumbles. So I think, uh, you know, Todd probably wishes he had a bunch of the play calls back. So I would say it was a group effort. All year, did this feel like a one-year thing to get to this level? Because obviously this is their fifth 
conference championship game in 20 plus years, but this is the first, second time in six years, you know, being the one seed, the road goes through Baltimore, you know, did all year, did this feel like this is a special one year thing, or do you feel that this is in the middle of a journey? Well, I felt like going through the year and as they continued, you know, to get better, you kind of felt it was like their year. I mean, they had 53 guys practice the other day, so they were healthy. Everything was kind of in their favor. Um, as long as you got the quarterback, you're going to be you're going to be okay. You know, and Roquan Smith and Kyle Hamilton, they got some stud players that um, they'll they'll still be they'll still be good this year. But Joe Burrows is not going to be hurt. Uh, Watson's going to be better next year. So. This was kind of the perfect year to really take charge of that. So it's going to be interesting to see how it goes because there's a lot of good quarterbacks in the AFC. Vinny, final question. Is it fair if we make the Peyton Manning-Lamar comparison, you know, the first half dozen or so years of Peyton's career, a couple of MVPs, great stats, you know, the Colts, first they couldn't win any playoff games, then they couldn't get past New England. I mean, I can make the comparison with Lamar and the Ravens. Is that fair? Yeah. I mean, it's it's fair. Lamar's 2-4 and four in the playoffs. He's going to have two MVPs. I mean, it is what it is. Facts are facts. You know, and, and he's – that's why I think maybe the pressure got to him a little bit to, because that would have set him up for him to go to the Super Bowl – then uh, that would have kind of made him. And now, you know, it, it's similar to Peyton Manning. And what's he going to do about it? I thought Lamar had a hell of a year, though. I'll say that. And I thought he was focused. And I thought he busted his butt and did all those things. And I thought he improved. And I think he'll even get better next year because it'll be year two in Todd's offense. Vindy, thanks for making time for us. We appreciate it. And uh, good luck answering all those calls this week. All right. Take care, guys. Vinny Serrato, 105.7, the fan in Baltimore, straight shooter. They're going to be angry today. Lions fans just numb. They'll be angry tomorrow in Detroit. They're going to be hungover and numb today. Do you think by the second half of the afternoon drive show in Detroit, it started, you know, Trent said it earlier, the stages of grief, you know, one of them is anger, you know, when, when does it, I'm thinking, you know, you get, you know, people have been calling in all day, you know, uh, proud of my team, you know, Dan coached the way he always had and what have you. Then, you, you know, you get that afternoon drive show, you get about midway through it, 4.30, 5 o'clock, people getting off work. They've been talking to their friends at work all day. They're riled up. They get in the car at 5 o'clock, they're honked. No, you know you're onto something. They're going to be driving over potholes all over the greater uh, metro Detroit area because the roads are god-awful, and anybody that's from there knows that's a fact. As Trent's over there nodding his head with me. So they're going to hit a few potholes. You know, today probably, my I didn't look at Michigan weather, but if I were to guess, it's late January. It means it's going to be 30 degrees and gray um, because that's what it is all winter long there. So, David, you may be on to something. After a day at the plant, talking to your coworkers, the ride home could be a rough one. Cloudy, mid to upper 30s today, by the way. Oh, lovely. 
and a 90% chance of snow tomorrow in Detroit. Well, and that's just what you need. Parents home with their kids so soon. Now, if they had won and we're going to the Super Bowl, oh, it'd be amazing. Instead, it'll be like, what do you mean they're not going to school? Oh, and this one just, you know, watching that Barry documentary, they, they went into Washington, they just got whooped in the NFC Championship. I mean, that was over from the word go. Yep. This one was ripped away from the Lions fan. This one, they could taste Vegas. They were making plans at halftime, David. How about the symmetry of the Niners led the Lions 24-7 in 1957, and the Lions came back and won? Wow. 66 years later, really? I mean, I believe in the sports gods, but even I would be like, seriously, dude? Really? We got to go there? Man. Mark, I think you hit the nail on the head as far as why it hurts. It's a different kind of hurt. If you got smacked by the Niners, mollywopped, if you will, then it's a lot easier to come in here on a Monday and be like, you know what? Good run, good season, overachieved, won the division, got the monkey off your back, let's ride. Problem is, you get up 17, some fluky stuff starts happening, and I'm not talking about you can't get a stop. I'm talking about the Ayuk thing and Gibbs fumbling, which hasn't been an issue for him all season on the first play of the next drive. That kind of stuff starts happening, and you know in the back of your mind. Then step it, Then, Then when you got to pin him. Then when it's important to pin them on the two, you step in the end zone. Exactly. You do everything perfectly, and you screw up the punt and coverage. And like I mentioned earlier, this won't get talked about, but the the use check, is that his last name? Yes. The, the fullback with an insane catch. Best catch of the game. Oy. It's starting. Yep. You <laughs> Did you hear the voice, David? Yep. And see, and that's why by four o'clock, if he was in Detroit, he'd be on hold for an hour going, I can't believe it. I'm so angry. I don't want to hear it was a good year. I don't care how much I like. Yeah, 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 yeah. Win the damn game. Why not us? It is our poll question today. Dan Campbell went for it all year. Do you agree with him passing up field goals to go for it on fourth down? Right now, nearly 70% of you disagree with Dan Gamble. I like that, by the way. Dan Gamble, look at you. See what you're doing there. <sighs> Man, we almost had an Eminem versus Taylor Swift Super Bowl. It would have been perfect. No, And America wanted it, too. It's they what did. the people wanted. The people wanted Detroit. They did. They were America's sweetheart. The Lions were taking over the mantra for the Cowboys. They were one half of football away from becoming America's team. Instead. Don't say it. Don't. SOL, David. Same old Lions. Oh, he went there. <laughs> 